Hey everybody, welcome back to Shweet, the Ladies Guide to Bro Culture. My name is Gina Bloom, and this is the podcast for I, a transgender stand-up comic currently quarantined in lovely Van Nuys, California, bring on some of my favorite funny ladies to talk about experiencing bro-pop culture for the very first time. These are dude movies, dude TV shows, dude, dude music, whatever. If it's mostly for guys... If it's generally for a dude, then it's something that we'll talk about and experience for the first time. Uh, today, today we have an interesting choice. Uh, I gave the, I gave the 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 um, the designated apologist the uh, the option to pick the topic, and <laughs> with very little, with very little, uh, with with very little debate internally, she chose 2009's Law Abiding Citizen. Starring Gerard Butler and Jamie Foxx. Uh, Jamie Foxx plays a district attorney, a, I guess assistant district attorney, that uh, is trying to keep his perfect conviction rate going and so makes a deal to um, get one of the two killers a reduced sentence. The two killers that killed Gerard Butler's wife and child. And uh, we fast forward years later after the execution of the one killer and i guess the other one is about to get set free i'm not entirely sure about how that worked but uh basically gerard butler has been plotting revenge for like 10 years and just lets it all fly like like lets it all go in in the most revengey fashion and kills a lot of people in some very complicated ways the film uh was directed by f gary gray uh, a prolific director. You've seen him uh, in the Fast and the Furious franchise. He he directed um, uh, the NWA movie uh, Straight Outta Compton. He's done. He's been actually making movies quite a while. He started in music videos, so he is uh, a very uh, workmanlike filmmaker. But you've definitely seen at least five of his movies, including this one. It also stars uh, a whole lot of dudes that you've seen in other places, like. Like Bruce McGill, Carl Meany, um, and and others, Regina Hall. It's 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 a surprisingly legit cast, and um, you know, technical, whatever, like crew, all that. Like it's a surprisingly legit group of people came together in two thousand nine to put together Law Abiding Citizen, which was not beloved uh, in its initial run, uh, receiving a twenty six percent. Rotten Tomato meter rating at the time. Um, it uh, in his in his review uh, from the Chicago Sun Times, Roger Ebert says, "Law Abiding Citizen is the kind of movie you will like more at the time than in retrospect." Still, there is something to be said for a movie you like well enough at the time. He rated that three out of four stars, and about as good as it got. Um, other. Other uh, critics uh, said it was unnecessarily violent, unflinchingly absurd. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I can't say so definitely necessarily disagree with that. So uh, there, it's it. That's that's what we're talking about. Law-abiding citizen. That's a weird poll. I I I I am actually quite excited. This was not a movie I, I ever expected to see again or talk about. So pretty 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 jazzed about this. I'd like to uh, bring our first guest. She has never seen Law Abiding Citizen, uh, like many people, uh, until today. Please say hello to the very funny Neha Telraja. Hello, everyone. 
Uh, thank you for making me watch this movie. Sorry, what was your name again? Stacy? Yes. Yeah, I, I hate you now. We will never be friends. <laughs> Really me of two hours of my life, <laughs> and that is how I will remember. Hold it high and bye. Uh, so hello, everyone. <laughs> that, that that other voice you hear is is the is the designated apologist and an evil mastermind of this episode. Please <laughs> say hello to the very funny Stacy Moyes. Hi guys, I'm, I'm not the apologist because I ain't apologizing, alright, so <laughs> um, I love horror movies, I love gore, and I guess this give you the drama, suspense, and the gore, a little action too, I just, yeah, sure, we're, thank we're you gonna... for explaining the plot, Gina, because I was still unaware after, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna dive deep into that thing, oh my god, I just looked at this, the film took second place in its opening weekend, making 21 million dollars, it went on to gross 130 million dollars worldwide, what, wow, okay, yeah. that's crazy, that is insanity, that, all right, well, <laughs> maybe Stacy's onto something, um, <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's get it going. Uh, Neha, give us you, you've given us a little bit of your um, impressions, but let's dive. Let's dive. Let's let's dive in there. Give us your off-top first impressions. You've just seen *Law-Abiding Citizen*. What do you think? You know, when I first saw the maybe like I guess the logline description of this movie, I was like, "Oh, interesting. We're going to talk about the justice system. That's kind of timely. I wonder." <laughs> Uh, what that will be in the context of this podcast. I better make some notes. <laughs> then the first line of the movie, first spoken line was, you can't fight fate. So <laughs> that went out the window. Um, I also don't think that line speaks to any of the themes in the movie that follows. <laughs> so, okay. Thank you, Steve Bannon. Um, <laughs> who also seemed to be a big name uh, actor in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, mostly my first impressions, mostly a lot of confusion. Love to see Jamie Foxx, who's a national treasure. Did not remember most of the other white actors' names, including the main one, but they truly do all look the same. Um, <laughs> what, who was it? Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler, yes. And I yeah. was like, oh yeah, yes. that's a dude. He's that's a 300 guy. guy. Yeah, that dude. Yes, that guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't. What was the plot? I guess we'll figure it out <laughs> together. Oh, wait, what did you think the plot was? Like, what? What did yeah. you think happened in the movie? <laughs> That's a very good uh, question. Give, give, I Naya, was give with us. It. I was with it. I could. I got the notion of like, okay, he's angry about how the like justice system played out for him, and it's like, no, really, you're angry at that one lawyer, but okay. And then. Um, and then he decides to wait a million trillion years to get revenge, or I guess he's working at it that entire time. Yes, he's. he's, then, he's uh, <laughs> it takes him. It takes him like nine years to dig a tunnel into the prison. That's, yeah, it right. takes him nine. Okay, that checks out, and to make all of his like little contraptions. Yeah, yes. buy all those properties. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So yes. that's about where it lost me. Was like. Okay, like he never really explained. It was always kind of like, I want to retaliate against the justice system and like no other manifesto. Like no details. 
it's kind of like, oh, you wanted to keep your conviction rate up in the beginning, and I'm mad about how my case turned out because of that. And hmm. this uh, follows my whole line of how the justice system is fucked up. And I was like, was that really your entry point? Like, there wasn't other injustices in the world that, like, gave you an entry point. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. My, that's about all I gathered from that. It got a little bit shaky towards the end, I guess, for me. Um, also, yeah. what happened to Chester, that lady lawyer's wife? Can we talk about that later? They kept bringing he, him up. He sent the winning answer. What do you mean? He emailed, like, the coup de grace to Jamie Foxx. Oh, did I miss that? I think you like. Were you watch the movie? You know, like, <laughs> I really did watch it. Yeah, it I was, mean, it's um, like it you was know. Like, I remember all the characters that got like murked randomly. It was like all the female characters. It was very confusing. Well, the guys died too. Well, no. So basically, like a little bit towards the end, before he meets what's his face at the um at the building that leads into the jail, basically, he gets that email. So he's, I think he calls him and he's like, you know, and he meets him at the place. But it was Chester who sent him the email. And he's like, you didn't get this from me. He was on yeah. the phone as he got the email. And he's oh. like, you, the email said you didn't get this from me. And he's like, you know, I have a, a, a guardian angel. His name is Chester. Something like that. But they, they call back to why Chester kept coming up. He literally broke the case. Okay. So is that, was that right before he, we know that the, the cell was explosive or was that before that? Okay. It was, it was right. No, no, it was not. It was way before like the, before he put the bomb in, it was right when he's outside and he's meeting. I can't remember which guy he's meeting because everybody died mostly. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. He's meeting the guy and then, and then uh, the guy gets out the car and he's like, does this, does this seem strange to you? Like, does this seem familiar? There was, there was that kind of like, incline of like you know there's something up with this and the guy's like you know he owns this and, and they kind of put two and two together and they're walking in discover you know the car and they discover everything so yeah that was right before that scene where they discover everything yeah i kind of remember that yeah. yeah like you're speaking about this as if the movie makes complete logical sense and <laughs> i'm outrageous for not understanding i just i it's not i mean honestly anger it, it makes sense because anger makes people do crazy things. Honestly, yeah. anybody yeah. could do this. Um, I mean, not anybody, sorry, anybody with his skill, but anybody could seek revenge. It's just that he was a freaking genius who was rich, <laughs> who was had unlimited resources to do all this stuff. Um, I just like the movie because granted, yes, he first kind of goes after the justice system by taking out the two people. Right. And then he asked for the charges to be dropped. If that doesn't happen. And he even gives them many times, let's make a deal, let's make a deal. He's like, let me go or I kill everybody. Like, he's literally walking you step by step. I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make your life a living hell. Sent the thing to his, you know, wife and daughter to kind of make it obvious. Like, I have a reach. I can do this. I'm letting you know. Drop these charges. Never drop the charges. But that is the justice system. It's about deals. And things like that really mm -hmm. do happen, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose i mean <laughs> see that's the thing i'm like it's not i just don't feel like you can ascribe that bigger message to the all right all right I know, I know it wants to be i know that's what it wants to yeah. be yeah stacy uh stacy you picked this film we're all about loving this in this zoom room so don't so and you're you've already said you're not going to apologize but tell us <laughs> Tell, tell us why out of all of out of all of film out of all of the dude things you could have picked why why lie why law abiding citizen 
Um, I like this movie for a few reasons. There's a lot of technicality behind it. It's because he's smart. Like, he's not, you know, doing a drive-by and killing these people. He's doing it because he's freaking smart, and he planned everything. And I think I'm, I'm probably more in love with just the technicality of everything. And yeah, like, sure. Kind of gives him, like, warnings, and it's like, oh, no, what's he going to do next? Oh, my God. Like, I, I just kind of like that plot of it. I mean, I totally get what you're saying, because, like, especially when he sends the tape to his daughter, yeah, that sucks. I get it. But I feel like it's just kind of, again, anger will make you do some stuff, I guess. I just yeah. really enjoyed the movie. And honestly, I do wish he blew up the building. Sorry, not there. Sorry, not sorry. I said it. <laughs> I mean, I mean. I don't, I don't begrudge anybody their guilty pleasures, and and certainly, this sounds like it's it's maybe not guilty because you've already kind of like said, fuck it, I don't feel guilt. It's a pleasure, and there's there should be no there should be no pleasure. There should be no guilt in taking pleasure in something so innocuous as as a Gerard Butler movie. Like there there there's bigger fish to fry in the world than Gerard <laughs> Butler. Exactly. So so I get that, and like I watch, I've seen a lot of. I've seen a lot of dumb action movies in my day mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot that are a lot dumber than, than law abiding citizens. And I've seen a lot that are a lot more repellent and like they have like that. We have like worse politics. So this is by far not the, not in by no, by no means in any bad way. Is this the worst of anything that I've ever seen? Uh, nor is it really all that great, but you know what? We like things that are, you know, people, how long have people been watching Real Housewives of like every city in America? Oh, and like, <laughs> there's and most of them aren't even housewives. Like, they're yeah. not married. Right. They don't right. actually stay home. <laughs> it's like you're not even a housewife. I don't get it. Yeah, they're they're not even they're not. It's supposed to be real, but they're not even the thing they claim to be real as. So like, yeah, no shame in in liking. And I'm sure Neha, I'm sure you have some things that are like you. Oh, so much garbage. You understand that <laughs> are in questionable taste. My problem with um, one of my problems with with Law Abiding Citizen is that it, because I've seen so many of these things, like I I I have, I have stuff like broken out into like other references. So it's like, oh, this movie's like a Die Hard three. So this is this is basically like a Die Hard three, and Die Hard three is the movie where Bruce Willis fights Jeremy Irons across New York City, and Jeremy Irons wants revenge for killing the killer, for Bruce Willis killing the guy from the first Die Hard movie. He's like the guy's brother, and mm-hmm. so basically, it's this the cop has to sort of follow around, or in this case, the lawyer has to follow around the the demands of of a criminal mastermind that has that has basically psychic powers because, you know, the plot is reverse engineered around, around his intentions. So it's like, so yeah, so yes, he does seem smart, but only because the writers have like gone or have made him the ultimate answer to all the questions. But the problem with Die Hard 3 and the problem with, with law-abiding citizen logistically is that there are easier ways to deal with this guy and what they they elect to do yeah well well, i'm not saying that not saying that gerard butler he obviously he went through a lot of effort but there were easier ways to foil gerard butler's plans most of gerard butler's plans can be foiled just by sitting still it's kind of like a saw movie in that way like you just all you have to do is just not engage him and then all of his plans just sort of fall apart because he basically tricks you into killing yourself. So if you just 
if you just didn't do anything, then then you would never get to accidentally kill you. The reason why I, I, I referenced Die Hard 3 is in Die Hard 3, Jeremy Irons builds these bombs out of two bottles of liquid. And the liquids by themselves don't do anything. Mm-hmm. But when the liquids mix together, they form an unstable compound that blows up. And so Jeremy Irons sets these timers and he makes Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson, who's, who's also there to help, run through all these hoops and solve puzzles so they can get the codes to unlock the bomb before the, the two containers mix together. Mm-hmm. But all they really have to do is just break one of the containers, <laughs> and then the bomb doesn't work anymore. You don't have to solve the then problem. You have a movie. I get a movie. It'd be <laughs> I, like, all right, this was a great little uh, trailer. Yeah, uh, that's what was funny though. Is I was right. I get that. To, like uh, murder and crime based things. You always like. I'm trying to write one right now, and there's always mm-hmm. that like mix of like, okay, when you write something that where something needs to be solved there have to be lines of logic and stuff but when you're writing a story when you're writing something for film like you don't want to get too like marred in the logic and stuff like that sure uh, yeah yeah that's true you don't want to get too but watching this i was just like i don't we can we can tighten up a little here guys (laughs) you know but what about the fact that i mean and that was the whole thing is that he was a genius he was i mean how he was hired by the government okay this like he knows what he's doing and i feel like at the end of the day like the guy said he's like if he wants you dead you're dead like when he killed the judge the judge was in her chambers answering her cell phone and i get what you're saying about sitting still but you're gonna answer your cell phone so i feel like Granted, I understand your logic in that, but I feel like they combated that by explaining this guy's like a freaking genius. Um, he can kill anybody, and if he wants you dead, you're dead. So you can kind of just throw out logic at this point. Because we, but if, I, he was, if he's such a genius, why didn't he figure out a less elaborate way? <laughs> why, that like required so many pieces to be put. No. See, I, now I realize it. I'm really just obsessed with the technicality and smartness of it. I like <laughs> the elaborate ways that he went and did this. I enjoy the methods of his madness. Like, oh, he will stab, kill somebody. Anybody can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a year. I I really enjoy the fact that, again, he gave them time to drop the charges. And, like, when he blew up everybody's car, like, it was, um, I think they got activated when when they came in. So, again, like you said, if they never came in, Never happened. So right. again, it's I, I I really just enjoy those. Uh, the, just the genius behind it. I like Saw movies too, and those are pretty sick. And like have puzzles, yep. and I enjoy those things. I'm a geek. Yeah, that's I, that's <laughs> that, I I again no, no shame. I've seen I've seen I've seen this movie before. So like obviously my tastes are a little suspect. Like I saw this movie. <laughs> I saw this movie when it came out on on DVD back in whatever 2010. Like this is mm-hmm. this was not news to me. Like oh I shit, was Jamie Foxx. Interested Fox? in your opinion because I the last episode they did right before this, you were saying how you used to watch and wanted to like make more of like action movies and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah. So this was this was right around the time that I was. Um, in the middle of pre-production on a film that never actually got made, it sort of fell apart in the financing stage. So I was, I was making an action movie. I was, make, I was making a martial arts movie at the time, and yeah, it would have would have been fun. It was. Actually I know that because I'm thinking of like Michael J. White and like all yeah. those people yeah. who were kind of trying to bring back that martial arts. Yeah, like and like, so much, and like we actually we actually talked to Michael J. White a little bit. Like we couldn't afford his asking price, but like you know mm-hmm. there were it was it was it was those guys that were sort of in 
sort of in the mix and like we had um you know we we had all this going on so I, I was really deep into like the action stuff and this isn't really necessarily what i was totally into because i mean it's it's more of a it's more of like a thriller gunny type movie and not like a, a you know kicking dudes in the face movie but um but like i i would watch this stuff because I liked it and also because like I felt like I had to like I had to stay on top of what the the mm. culture was doing because this was this was what I was aspiring to oddly enough mm-hmm. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> you still feel that way <laughs> you know I, I right over here you can't see it but right out of right out of shot of the camera is is my whiteboard of all the stuff that I'm writing and like number four is basically uh, a movie about about a thruple, a, a three-way couple that come in that encounter that steal a bunch of laser cannons. So they so they fight the mafia with laser guns, and they and they're a thruple, and that's and that's the whole pitch. So yeah, I guess I kind of am. I guess I guess <laughs> I guess part of that is still there. I think it's a really funny idea. It it's probably really fucking dumb, but like. <laughs> I, if it's original, you got to give it a shot. You know, I, like- you know it's it, it's a little bit like it's a little bit like um, a little bit like Repo Man, an '80s movie. With, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a little bit like that, but it's you know with a little bit of Ghostbusters and like it's it's dumb, but like it's dumb hopefully in a good way. If I ever finish it, um, yes, yeah, so it'll, it'll be Thruple with a laser cannon. I don't I don't have a title for it yet, but that's basically what it is. <laughs> and I I have a soft spot for 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 bad uh, <laughs> not just bad movies but but bad Gerard Butler movies in general. Like I I, I have something of a Is soft a spot thing? for the guy. I mean they're all pretty bad. Yeah, but all, all Gerard Butler movies are pretty bad. Like that's the. <laughs> Yes, I love you. <laughs> yeah, like it's not a bro movie, but yes. <laughs> but it's it's but it's a ter- but it's a it's an objectively bad movie. The thing about Gerard Butler that like fascinates me as a as a performer is that he has got he's gone he's he's been doing this a while like he literally just had a movie like last year that fit this kind of mold of um one of his his trilogy of saving the president movies that he's had uh one of the many yeah one of the many like he so he had one of those save the president movies like last year and like this guy he's had like this this huge career of of not being huge he's been around like 15 years mm. of like just making like b movies that somehow make it to theaters like i like uh, you know this is stuff for like this is basically movies for dads at this point <laughs> look, so that's the thing that ebert review that you read was i kind of agree with that because i used to watch movies like this all the time i'd go to the theater with my dad right and, like I don't remember, like, I don't remember much about those movies, but they were an enjoyable, it is an enjoyable theater experience. Yeah. You've got all the sound, you've got all the visuals and stuff. And, you know, my issue with it wasn't even really, like, really the logic of the elaborate killings. And, like, not an issue, but what I found funny about it was, like, oh, the, I guess why we're talking about it, just the broiness and, like, 
the man emotion and logic. <laughs> like, I think that's the logic I had problems with, not the actual yeah. things happening, but like gotcha. the emotional motives and logic and stuff where you're like, well, this is your fucking problem, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you're testosterone, you're just, right. that's like, what all the issues is. I mean, and I agree with you because I think it's goofy. Like there's yes. great, yes. there's drama, suspense, and killing. It's kind of goofy. I mean, he kills a guy with a t- with a steak from the T-bone. What? Yeah. And as he's doing it, he's yes. like, yeah, you like it? You, you yeah. like that song? Yeah, turn up the music. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is just, it's ridiculous. And I, 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 again, I love the ridiculousness of it. And I totally get that. It's definitely one of yes. those things that you are, you look back and you're kind of just like, uh, but it, it comes out goofy. I agreed yeah. a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. I love the mattress and the, the wanting the mattress and the steak that dinner. Probably. I loved it. <laughs> it reminded me like of all the celebrities that went to jail in that period of time, like Paris mm. Hilton and stuff. Yes, and you yes. were like, uh, you know, they didn't they didn't yeah. get the mattress. So good job, <laughs> guy. With all the with all the fixin' palm frites. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the palm frites, yes. Like he's, he's such an asshole. You know what? That's that's it. I love this movie because he's such an asshole. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what it boils down to. Like he's just really quite a jerk. I cannot, you know, I, I can't argue with that. He is, he is, he is really detestable. <laughs> he is really a prick in this movie. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. 
go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. We are going to watch uh, on the Zoom. We're going to watch uh, the trailer to Law Abiding Citizen. Hi. Yeah. Go wash up for dinner, Pumpkin. Okay, I got it. Shelter case, where are we? Let's make the deal. They killed a little girl there. Some justice is better than no justice at all. You need to kill the husband. I don't understand. With Darby's testimony, Ames will go to death row. What? The jury's gonna believe me. The deal is done. I'm sorry. This is just how the justice system works. execution has turned into something out of a horror film. The machine was corrupted. Who could have done this? I killed your friend Ames in prison, but I wanted to keep you all for myself. Your heart is beating so fast. Me too. Did you murder Clarence Darby? He killed my wife and child. I guess we've done it. Counselor, you might want to cancel your 1230 lunch with Judge Roberts. Hello? You and whoever else you have helping you are gonna pay. Now you're the one who makes deals with murderers, yeah. So I've come to make mine. Release me. Or what? Or I kill everyone. We have him locked up and he's still killing people? I found a couple of contract payments from the Department of Defense. Tell us what we're dealing with. The spy? Spies are a diamond dozen. Clyde is a brain and he was the best. If Clyde wants you dead, you're dead. The city down, put an armed cop on every corner. He's in jail because he wants to be in jail. <laughs> I'm going to bring the whole system down on your head. It's going to be biblical. You will end this. I'm just getting warmed up. Oh. He cracks me up. I just, like when he's like, your heart is beating so fast. Yeah. <laughs> Mine too. Like just that whole scene, man. He gives him the adrenaline and oh. so many lines. I like wrote down different ones. Just like, have you talked to your daughter about good versus evil? It's like, that's not how you talk to a person. <laughs> have you talked to In a pro movie, that's how you talk to that's, people. That's exactly. Whatever happens justice. <laughs> I forgot about the SWAT a naked scene though that was the other thing that made because again he's so smart it's like yeah i'm gonna make sure i get taken alive because the goal is to end up in jail yeah, so he's like yeah. no weapon no nothing you don't have to feel scared even though i'm killing people it's just ah, freaking just genius man i wish i was that smart all right i'm gonna i'm gonna positive theory here based on that trailer that i've been sort of toying with but now now seeing it again i i have i am like more convinced that this movie started as an elevator pitch, basically, and the entire pitch was, guy tunnels into prison. Like, that's, oh. that's it. 
that's, I, I, that's that's all that's all this movie was. This movie was like on like they wrote on the whiteboard, guy tunnels into prison. Like that's right. and they're like, How do we how do we make that happen? Because like that's the whole thing. That's that's the big third act plot twist is that they keep saying that Gerard Butler has has a has a, a basically someone on the outside helping him, but they find out that mm-hmm. no. and he's just created a prop and costume closet he's, under that's the right. jail. That's right. He has he that mustache yes. and the wig. Yes. It's like yes. everything. Yes. That's right. He's been collecting. He's a genius. <laughs> he is. <laughs> you know what's funny? I think you are absolutely right. You know why? Because that, one reason is because partly that's how I write. Like I'm like, okay, yeah. no, at one point, his phone battery needs to die, okay? Uh, and then I just will write based off of the things that I want to happen. But did I actually have a full story? Probably not. And this, that's <laughs> how I write. But I also think you're definitely right because they do constantly, um, I shouldn't say, no, not constantly reference. They constantly reference someone working with because at the yeah. end he is it. But they, they did, um, when they find the tunnel, they make sure they stress that line. He goes, I've never seen anyone tunnel into prison Yeah, into like, prison, yeah. And like, they that's even mention it in the trailer, like, Whoever he's working with is real blah 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 blah, and like yeah, right. So uh, Neha, give us your give us more of your reaction seeing the trailer. What what stuck out at you? What if you had seen that uh, back in the day? What what would have been your reaction uh, if you can remember back to like two thousand nine ish? What you were doing back then? So oh god, two thousand nine. What I was doing back then, graduating mm-hmm. high school. Uh, giving away my age, whether young or old. Um, I, like I said, I used to watch these kind of action films when I was younger with my dad. So, so I, yeah, actually talk about that. Cause like I did that a lot with my dad. Like, is that because you just, because it was something you did with your dad to be doing with your dad or like, did you guys just actually just like action um, movies? I mean, I probably wouldn't have tolerated if I like hated them. I like them. That's why I was saying like, I kind of get that sentiment about this movie like Mm -hmm. when you look back at it probably not that good but it probably was fine in theaters you know like i used to watch like the triple x series like um uh what were some other ones but i remember enjoying watching them because it's like okay ride in the theater i love watching movies in the theater so uh it's one of those that i probably would have never paid for (laughs) <laughs> if someone else wanted to pay for me to go see it, I wouldn't say no. Like, like you said, good cast. Um, but from the trailer, from the trailer, yeah, I mean, it had those classic lines. Uh, love it when a trailer gives away the plot. Yep, yep. <laughs> it gives away the that. entire story. A lot of that. Love some Jamie Foxx. I mean, that would have gotten me in there. I think other than that, it's not a very... I think the main thing with this movie is, like, it's not very memorable. You know, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. That again. This this is why it was such a fun topic for me. After after you know having a lot of heavy topics like oh law abiding citizen. Yeah, I, I that, that's a thing. All right, Stacy. Though, like, when did you first see this movie? Like, what? funny thing is, I did not. So this me seeing the trailer would be the first time I ever seen the trailer. I knew okay. nothing about this movie ever. Um, I worked at Blockbuster. You know, you remember that old place? Oh, yeah. I remember. Spent a lot of time there. I'm putting movies away. And the one benefit about Blockbuster is that we are allowed to uh, get the new releases five days before you guys get them. So, I mean, the purpose is mainly so you watch it and you know what the heck you're talking about. Sure. But I literally saw it and I was like, Jamie Foxx, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Take this home. I had no idea. I never even heard of it. No idea. I watched it and I just... 
I loved it. But if I had seen the trailer, I think part of me would have been like, he's in jail, but he's still killing people. How? I, w- I would have had that curiosity. Yeah. But then I would have been like, eh. There would have been a part of me that wasn't sold on the story because of um, the lack of kind of like the getting back at the justice system thing. Like I was like, oh, right. so this is just like a personal beat. This is just, again, testosterone. Right. He's angry. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought twice about it. So I would have been split after seeing the trailer, to be honest. See, the trailer made me more intrigued because it just laid out that theme. Whereas just watching the movie, it was like, what, you know, you can't fight fate, not the theme. I still don't understand. And you're right. It is the first line of the movie because the first, like, I don't know, oh, three minutes almost is pretty much silence. Like, it's because it's, it's, you know, him answering the door, getting beat up, the kids, like, there aren't really any words. So that is the first line. But to be quite honest, I don't know why. Like, but you know what? Put it on the bottle. Now that we're talking about it, I kind of get that. It's like, oh, it's kind of like Jamie Foxx, or not Jamie Foxx, the justice system being like, no, this is how it was meant to be. This is like mm-hmm. fate, whatever the outcome is. Sure. Yeah. There. You know what? Not You're a reach. Right yes, I, no. I, no, not a reach, because I do not remember what said. Gerard Butler did say at one point, you know, when Jamie's like, well, we could have lost, and they both went free. He's like, but you didn't even try. Like, if you lost, mm-hmm. I could have lived with that. So that does make sense. Instead of oh. letting the true outcome to happen, whether it was both of them go to jail or none of them go to jail, he made a deal. And yeah, that makes perfect. Actually, that's a very good point. Yeah, wow. Yeah, you know what? You are yeah. forgiven, writers. You, you figured <laughs> it out. You needed me to tell you after your fucking hundred millions of dollars of box yeah. office revenue. But. <laughs> I this, saw one of the reviews that said, this is a movie that never delivers. I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's wow. hard. <laughs> like, I wasn't in it. I don't have any, I don't have a stake in it, but wow. <laughs> this, this movie delivered a fucking house to these writers. Like, this is what it delivered. Oh, yeah. It delivered very well for them. I, I think it's interesting that both of y'all, Stacy and Neha, you, you both referenced stuff that we can't do anymore, either at all or currently. Like, you were talking about the great movie theater experience, and then Stacy, you're about, like, oh, remember Blockbuster? I, I mean, it hasn't been a Blockbuster in quite a while, but, like, I, I kind of miss that. I kind of miss going to video stores and ha- having to be kind of the luck of the draw. Like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Go to well, Alaska. They have them in Alaska. Yeah, that's what I understand. Yes. Yeah, they're still there because because they don't have good internet out there, so that's what they have to do. But, like, yeah. like a little bit of a crap shoot. Like, oh, damn. Law-abiding citizen. There's only one copy. I better, I better grab it before somebody else does. And then, like, that's literally how I ended up seeing National Treasure Part 2. Oh wow! It's like yeah, because, we have too much information now. Now we're just like, yeah. let me just only watch exactly what I like. So right. yeah, I would have never Doing seen National Treasure two, and I would be a, <laughs> I'd be a lesser person for it. <laughs> have you discussed either the one or the two on the I show? I have. Yet? I have not. The only Nicolas oh, Cage that would be good. We 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 did a live episode uh, in New York at the end of the first season about Con Air, and that was fantastic. Ooh, yes, I you know that's an interesting Nicolas Cage is interesting to bring up he also has all these action whatever movies that make no sense but Nicolas Cage is such a lunatic right it's like okay I'll watch this compelling like nonsensical Nicolas Cage character in movie yeah like you're saying this had like a legit cast and that kind of like 
took away from it. Because you're like, right. what is Viola Davis doing in this nonsense? Being <laughs> yeah. like, okay. You know what's funny? Actually, as I, as I rewatched it, because like, I, I, again, I like the movie. I loved it. But I was like, let me watch this to make sure there's certain things. And there were certain things I was like, oh, yeah. Um, but when I rewatched that scene with Viola Davis, I was like, oh, so I just found my new audition monologue. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is an amazing scene. Yeah, she prepared same similar character for how to get away with murder. So. Yeah, maybe this maybe this is what oh, led no, to that. Oh no no no, and she and oh. this she's the mayor, and then and how to get yeah, she's Valeria, yeah. yeah, yeah. But still, you know, the magic is in the air. Um, I kind of yeah, I, I I have I have kind of warm feelings toward both Jamie Fox and and Gerard Butler. So like, I will watch them in almost anything that they do. Um, Jamie Foxx because he's he's legitimately really good and Gerard Butler because he's legitimately not very good. So, <laughs> so. so you put them together and all by yourself? Exactly, yes. <laughs> a little bit of both. Really? It was highlighting the mediocrity. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I... They balance Jamie each other Fox out. Just always. I would just rather, you know, I'd rather watch Jamie Foxx do a wheel of musical impressions, but he killed this as well. <laughs> and I, I think that was a kind of like a, a great part because I feel like, Jim, again, Jamie Foxx is freaking amazing. Like, I think he's probably the most talented actor over, I don't give a damn about Denzel or any Will Smith or whatever. Mm-hmm. He, he's very versatile. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. He's great. He's played. Even like, um, uh, I was going to say, biopics? What's the thing, the movie, when you play somebody? Yeah, biopic, biopic, yeah. yeah, I think Um, it could go either way. Right, so he's even done those, but I feel like this role was very different from what he's done. And we know he's done non-comedy, but this role, he's a stubborn jerk, kind of. Yeah. He's worried about his conviction rate over anything. You know, even though all the stuff is presented to him with people dying, he still doesn't want to listen, you know, so... It's different to see him like that. Like, this is the first movie I've ever not rooted for the black person. It's just, come on. <laughs> come on. I'm rooting for Gerard. Right! I'm rooting for the bad guy. I mean, the, I'm rooting for the bad guy, but I'm rooting for the white bad guy. Against the, the, black the, guy. the white guy? What? <laughs> what, is, what is going on in this crazy world? It's. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've never felt that way in a movie. Usually I'm like, yes, whoever. But no, it's all for Gerard. And I will say that it's a total caveat but this is probably my one beef with the movie mm-hmm. um, that I think they said Jamie Foxx got paid more than Gerard Butler but Gerard I, would, Butler, I would hope so right but Gerard Butler's name is first yeah the, um, thing and that's that's unfortunately like a totally other Hollywood issue it was the same with like oh, uh, yeah. Don, Don Cheadle and Adam Sandler and, and Rain on Me uh, yeah. all those movies like that and unfortunately usually the yeah you know because and like the this is this leads to a whole other like level of toxicity because it was like the reason why they would do that is because um billing blocks i mean obviously i mean the reason is obvious and it sucks but Mm -hmm. like but also they would but they would cite because they wanted to sort of insulate themselves from racism they would cite the fact that overseas black actors just didn't draw as much box office so you had to put gerard butler first which has been debunked so which has been, Yeah, it's been thoroughly debunked a million times over and over and over. Like, you know, Black Panther was the biggest movie of the year that it came out by far. Mm-hmm. And, like, the like the white guy in the movie was, like, the fifth lead. Like, he was way down there. So, mm-hmm. like, they've thoroughly disproven that. But that's why they would do that stuff because mm-hmm. they thought that it, would, it just wouldn't – it would get them less money. And that's a shitty thing to do. But yeah. – that's you know hopefully hopefully that's not going to be an issue if there ever is a 
fucking Hollywood after this if we ever get to make movies again. They might as well. I mean, at this point, this discussion actually leads in not that discussion, but the discussion right before that about about how atypical this is of Jamie Foxx. I actually wanted to play this clip uh, where they interviewed Gerard Butler about this movie for like three or four minutes. Cool. And it gives you some insight as to how the casting was done. So uh, we're going to watch uh, a little clip of Gerard Butler talking about um, this, well, his, his warm, fuzzy memories of this movie. And <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to say it right now. I, talk about your guilty pleasures. I kind of want Gerard Butler to date me. Um, I Maybe not all no, but, all like, but yeah, he's like, definitely a hottie. He's a, he's a hottie, but he's so dumb that that, that makes him hotter. It makes it's, wait. Is he really dumb, or is it these characters? I mean, just just watch him. And he's he's mm. he's very gregarious, but like you you don't you don't get like sharpest tack in the box vibes out of yeah, him. And there's only so far smoldering eyes can go. Yes. <laughs> so. So we're gonna watch this clip of Gerard Butler uh, talking about um, about his role in uh, Law Abiding Citizen coming up. Law Abiding Citizen. That's the first movie that I produced. But I was always playing the other role. I was playing the hero, the cop. But I kept saying, I kind of want to play this guy. But all my guys kept saying, no, no, just stick to the hero, stick to the hero. And we were trying to find somebody to play Clyde Shelton. And we offered it to Jamie Foxx. And Jamie, being the cocky that he is, said, nope, don't want to play Clyde Shelton, but I'll play his role. We were all on the call. Jamie wasn't on the call, but all the producers. And I said, okay, let's do it. So basically we swapped roles and I'm so glad, I, can, I now can't imagine that movie any other way. Counselor, you might want to cancel your 12.30 lunch with Judge Roberts. Excuse me? In fact, you might want to cancel the rest of the week because you're going to be busy, sit down. I always felt there came a certain point in the movie where the audience would turn against Clyde when he starts killing innocent people. But it was amazing, the vengeance that were in an audience who were like, no, he was so badly wronged. And because you did feel his humanity and because Jamie did push it in the other direction, it was amazing how far my character could go and people still want him to win and want him to get away with it. That's not how I imagined it, but I kind of loved that that's how it turned out. And it, but it was an interesting um, psychological study humanity as a whole i'm watching this clip and it feels like it feels like we just fell for a trick engineered by gerard butler <laughs> it feels like it feels like it feels like gerard butler has played us all and i'm not sure how i feel about that i'm not sure. where's he from what was Scotland, that accent? Right? Yeah, okay, that, that, so that sounds it, it it sounds Scottish. Yeah. And it's way heavier, so I, I, that's cool to know that, like, and again, most actors or whatever will work on their accents, but I, I've never heard him just speak. I've even seen him in movies, so I never realized his accent was that thick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you remember in, in 300, he, like, walks around talking like the most Scottish Greek person of all time. Of course. Yes. <laughs> but... Yeah, it, it feels like it feels like we fell for it somehow. Like he was like, because we're just you know we spent the last hour like basically making fun of this movie, but like apparently it got exactly the reaction from us that it wanted to get. Mm -hmm. 
You know what? It's, it, it might, and it's funny because it might be something as silly as like, you know, it's when you think someone's dumb, like we say, we don't think he's the sharpest tool in the shed or whatever. <laughs> right. Like he, he might have like finagled this unbeknownst to everyone. Like he knew he wanted Jamie to play Nicholas. He knew he did. But maybe he couldn't <laughs> afford Jamie or maybe he didn't want to ask Jamie. Right. So he, he approaches it in a different way to be like, no, no, no. Here's mm-hmm. the role that I know you don't want. Knowing mm-hmm. that Jamie would be like, nah, I need to be the lawyer. And then. You know, Gerard's like, mm, well, there there we go. Go. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> he's a fucking genius. <laughs> yeah, I'm in real life too, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think, I don't think I can, I can disagree that Gerard Butler is, is somehow a secret genius. I, I guess he is. <laughs> <laughs> that that is that that is a sad comment on this world. But. Yeah, that's the conclusion we've come to after all of this. Also, I love how they were still talking about this movie in 2019. So I guess it was like a really big movie. Yeah. Wait, oh, that's when the interview was done. You know yeah, that's when the interview I, I, was done. Yeah, I totally missed the date. I was staring at him like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this clip is from like last year or from a few months wow. ago, and mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I guess I guess people are still watching. Well, I mean, Stacy, you're still watching it. We're we, still watching it. We're still watching <laughs> it. Right? We're, we're talking about it now. Um, <laughs> all right, we do have to wrap it up. Oh, uh, Neha, <laughs> you we we have just we have just spent the last hour discussing uh, law-abiding citizen. I feel somehow <laughs> somehow or other we still have yet to even so much has scratched the surface of this surprisingly rich text. <laughs> <laughs> what are your what are your final thoughts on a uh, law-abiding citizen? You know what? I don't know if you cared enough to have this goal, but I think you've made me be a little bit more on the side of this movie, Stacy. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Me neither. Um, <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> I suppose I'm I'm just more forgiving of it. I don't know if I could say I like it yet. I do like some of the lines in it. You know what? Yeah, I'm pro law abiding citizen. Wow, wow, wow. That that's quite a reversal, Stacy. If done anybody it. wants to watch this movie ten years later <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you I highly recommend it. Can you say some of the quotes that you wrote down, please? I'm I am i am sorry, Gina, this is totally your show. No, no, I'm go for it. I, no, I, they're I, the I most they're the most generic action quotes. Even better. Um, yeah. I, I wrote down, what happened to the right of law? What happened to people? What happened to justice? <laughs> all right. All right. That, that, that reminds me, though. Like, there, okay. So there is, like, this weird, there's this very weird, like, pro-law and pro-law and order law enforcement, like, thing going on in this movie. Maybe I'm just a little, uh, maybe I'm just a little sensitive to it, you know, mm-hmm. after everything that's been going on. But, like, the movie argues for, for more punishment kind of like mm-hmm. what a weird thing to argue i mean i guess in 2009 it's a different story but like what a weird thing to have argued in front of you in in 2020 where it's like no there should be more prison there should be more. <laughs> well and also like what if the characters in this movie like jamie fox had played that other character and then we like watched it now and it was the same movie it's like i oh, wonder how we gosh. would feel about that yeah, right? that would have been Ooh. very different. Wow. You know what? You know what she just did? Someone's going to make a movie like that now. Because, I mean, we've remade <laughs> Romeo and Juliet how many times? Like, someone's yeah. going to basically do that and just do it in reverse. And, um, again, I'm a fan of the technical killing, so if you want to throw that in there, I will watch. Um, hey. <laughs> All right. I'm, 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 I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to utilize my vast Hollywood network to, mm. to, to re-pitch 
a law-abiding citizen where we switch the roles back, where Gerard Butler plays the DA and Jamie Foxx is the evil genius, and fuck it. Well, well that and the magic... movie is like ten times more loaded, and <laughs> yes, <laughs> academics and, uh, discuss it. Yes, and um, other otherwise, us right, out of work comedians, a bunch of out of work comics on a on a very low-rated uh, comedy podcast, yes, like that. Right. And if they're smart, they can, like, go out and record some of these protests, use that footage in the movie. Come on, hey. guys. Come hey. on. Hey, there you go. All right. We, we're making magic here. Stacy. Uh, I feel like I feel like you've, you've hit upon a rich vein, um, perhaps by accident, perhaps <laughs> not, but your final <laughs> thoughts on Law-Abiding Citizen. Ah, oh, final thoughts. Um, I, I just really enjoy the genius... The, the, the genius of an asshole who is behind this whole movie. Because I think I'm not a genius, but I'm, kind of, I'm a smart asshole. So maybe I was kind of looking at myself. My thoughts, yeah, it was fine. Like, it, it was exactly what I was expecting. And honestly, after the past, like, month that the world has been having, uh, I can't say that I've been having it any worse than anybody else, but, like, we're all having it pretty bad. And, like, just to watch a silly, you know, Gerard Butler, Jamie Foxx, cat and mouse thriller, it's, you know, it's, uh, hey, it's okay. And then I get to hang out, you know, with, with some funny, some funny ladies on, on the Zoom and talk about it. Like, that, Ooh. this, this is, this is, it, this is probably the, the only therapy that I will get uh, right now. So it's gonna <laughs> have to do. Um <laughs> All right, Neha, uh, let uh, let the listening audience know where they can find you uh, on the internet and otherwise. In my house. <laughs> Please come see me. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Mowgli. It's N-E-H-M-O-W-G-L-I, like the character. Um, same with Twitter. I've kind of been off of both of them a little bit. I've gotten back on now to see the news, but I'll show signs of life on them again. Once, you know, if comedy comes back. <laughs> if, if, if non-Zoom yeah. comedy comes back? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm on four Zoom shows this week. I, or I will have done four Zoom shows this week. And that, it, it's, it's basically methadone. It's basically just, yeah. it, it's okay. I, I've only done one. Uh, I was barely doing stand-up for a while before this, so I've not been thought of to ask for most of them, but... I mean, it, it's an interesting new skill to hone, right? Yeah, yeah. Being I I had a really things through screen. I had a really fun one just last night. Um, anyway, Stacy, let everyone know where they can find you on the internet and otherwise. Everything I have: Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Uh, with the other one, TikTok is all Stacy's funny. S T A C Y S. So Stacy's funny. Yeah. All of it. And you and you have a podcast that I am oh my on. god thank you yes I have a podcast <laughs> called so then what happened it's basically uh, people like us in the entertainment industry telling horror stories so it could be about hey bad shows that people are working with oh Neha will be on there next I'm calling it right now she doesn't Do know people name names <laughs> you can you don't have to but you can That's no Neha's Neha's bored at home and wants gossip <laughs> I. I gave a lot of first names on my episode of, of guys that I hope have quit the industry by now because they were terrible. <laughs> or been put out. If they didn't quit, they should yeah. have been put out. They should have just, they should, right. They should have been just been moved away. They should have just been, you know, back further into the San Fernando Valley as, as you know, <laughs> as you can get. 
Uh, as for me, my name is Gina Bloom. You can find me on all social media at Gina Bloom, J-E-E-N-A-B-L-O-O-M. And every Thursday for more episodes of Sweet the Ladies Guide to Bro Culture here on the More Banana Network. I always get a little worried because because I'm just naturally kind of inclined to do that. But like, I was a little worried because like this was like such a such a strange movie to pick. Like, <laughs> I was so afraid that we were not going to have anything to talk about. But like, we I was totally like, is did. this a hallmark of bro culture? I didn't know. <laughs> All right, that is all the time we have for this week. I do have one final question for the listening audience. Whatever happened to justice?